0: How are you
1: i'm not bad
0: that makes it found sound very ominous
1: no i mean there's a lot going on in the world and at home and you know i think everybody's feeling it right now
0: feeling not bad
1: no i don't think everybody's feeling that but i think everybody's feeling the weight of everything that's going on the situations that we've all been put into
0: especially with this humidity today
1: Holy shit, it's hot. Yeah. It's hot.
0: So we pretty much live in the Amazon rainforest.
1: Yeah, but you know, right on Lake Erie. So So next door to Canada.
0: Yeah, all the heat, but not so much the beauties and the jaguars.
1: Yeah, but at least it was only for two days.
0: So far, it's only June, dude. I'm Emily. I'm Joel.
1: And this is Drink.
0: Drunk dead
1: we're back at it this week. We posted the uh, podcast blackout last week in honor of George Floyd and all those who have been victims of hate and police brutality and like we said before, we really encourage you to look into that list of names and do learn do some learning on your own. But one of the things <coughs> I wanted to say is, this is not a political podcast. It is not a current topic kind of podcast. It's paranormal. So you're not really going to hear us hitting on those kinds of things a lot. You're not going to hear us hitting on politics. We have our personal beliefs. You and I don't always agree on those things.
0: Very rarely.
1: Um, You're not going to hear us hitting on current events a whole lot unless it's something that we went to that we think is really fun and worth discussing.
0: But you are going to hear us hitting on each other.
1: That's true. That'll happen a lot. Yeah. But this is something that for both of us, the issues that we this country is dealing with—they're not political. It's not a political thing. Politics are trying to get their fingers into it, but it's not political. It's it's people's lives. So, so you and I had discussed some ways that we might be able to support others and really kind of contribute to the battle for real equality, and how we could become effective allies. And the way that Jill and I came up with was we decided that as podcasters, we have a platform. And we want to use our voices to bring attention and recognition to others who might otherwise kind of get overlooked or swept under the rug or they they deserve recognition. So we're going to do this every week. And we will be highlighting creators, innovators, revolutionaries, businesses, organizations, all of these things that are run by POC and LGBTQA. So I'll put this up in episode details and on social media. And I'll include the links so that you can check them out for yourselves and show some love. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll highlight it at the beginning of each episode and then again at the end so you have a little reminder to go and check them out. So this week, we chose BMW Black Millennial Women Podcast. Uh, this is hosted by four women, their cousins. And I've you know that I binged through these ladies the other day. They're really new, so they don't have a whole lot of episodes up. I think they only have five up now. Their most recent one was about... Um, when your parents first had the sex talk with you, the birds and the bees talk. (laughs) But so these, it's four women that are cousins and they are super funny. These women are crazy intelligent and they offer a lot of really great insight into a variety of topics. And they, they really look at things from a point of view that I might not have otherwise considered. So the four women are Kai, she's 26. She's a college grad and she did practice as a paralegal, but now she wants to... Go back to school and pursue her education a little further. Nika is 28. She's an attorney at a large law firm. She doesn't say which, which is pretty smart. Don't get yourself in trouble.
0: Yeah,
1: right. Slim is 27. She's a single mom that's putting herself through undergrad school. And she's pursuing a degree in criminal justice, which is badass. And then Tia is a stay-at-home mom of two, which as I, I know myself, that is hard. That is hard full time more than full time work you get it girl cuz damn that's tough <laughs> but i really enjoyed listening to th- i know that two of them are sisters but when i have when all of a podcast is all the same sex i have a really hard time figuring out who anybody is even if i've listened to them for years If they have really similar voices, I cannot figure out which two are sisters. (laughs)
0: It's like you can't put a name tag on a podcast.
1: No, I can't. And they don't have... Because they're fairly new, they don't have a whole lot of... um, They don't have their own website yet. They do have social media, so I'll I'll get into that in just a minute. But um, I couldn't figure out who the two sisters were. I felt kind of (laughs) bad. I tried listening and listening, and I was listening to the voices, trying to figure out which one was which. But no, I can't do it. But I really enjoyed listening to these ladies, because it was kind of like... When you put them on, it sounds like you have a bunch of women just sitting around in the kitchen having great conversations, but it's a bunch of friends and they don't, they're not pulling any punches. They put it out on the table and they pick on each other and they have a good time and it's its really an enjoyable listen. So I highly Mm -hmm. recommend that you go out and check out BMW Black Millennial Women Podcast. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. It's at BMW Podcast. And um, go check them out on iTunes. Rate and review. Go listen to them. They're fantastic. I think you're really going to enjoy what you hear. So that's our new segment. We're going to do that every week. But what's new with you? Anything special new this week? I don't think so. No? I
0: feel like there was something that I was thinking about earlier, but I can't remember. Now. Pretty much brain dead 24-7 mm. anymore.
1: I feel it. Yeah. It's getting hard. Yeah, you're working two jobs, 60 hours a week. The grind.
0: The grind.
1: And you're not getting any hazard pay for doing any of this. Essential workers. I feel like
0: that's that's over now. They didn't give any it to you when you were before. Should, yeah. Whatever.
1: Unemployment, they get 600 extra bucks a week, but you get nothing for hazard pay and you still have to go to work every day.
0: Yep. Yeah. It's glorious, isn't that's
1: it? That's pretty shitty. Not going to lie. But I had a, uh, I had some news. I don't know if you guys have noticed. Over the past two episodes, three uploads, because I wouldn't really consider the blackout an episode. But um, the sound should be a lot better. I've been using something new on our uh, podcast host. It's Buzzsprout. So they added something new. It's called Mastering Magic, and it's making us sound so much better. I had so to. Oh. I could not get our sound where I wanted it, no matter how hard I tried. I am just not...
0: A tech weird. I am
1: not that techy. I tried and I tried and it got better as we went along, but not to this level. And I'm very pleased. It's definitely a little extra cash out of our pocket, but it's worth it. It's definitely sounding a lot better. So I hope you guys are enjoying this.
0: I'm fucking better.
1: So are you ready for some fun facts then? Since we don't have any major news.
0: I'm ready for the fun facts.
1: Okay. So I'm sorry bmw podcast that this is the topic this is the one that i had picked before we decided to start the new segment so and it was just too funny for me to exclude (laughs) i couldn't like i had to put this in so this week we're going with fun facts about flatulence
0: oh why are you apologizing
1: (laughs) because i'm introducing this new segment and these four awesome women and then my fun facts are about farts
0: (laughs) i'm sure they'd be appreciative
1: Uh, everybody farts man i've ate all that broccoli earlier it's coming back to bite me in the butt at some point (laughs) it's coming back to bite
0: me in the butt
1: speaking of which i've been trying that keto diet keto sucks man let me tell you keto fucking sucks
0: and you aren't even like wholeheartedly
1: i know because you can't you basically can't eat anything but chicken breast and lettuce
0: Meats. it's ridiculous yeah
1: so it's 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 the, like
0: stir fry every night.
1: It's the modern version of the Atkins diet from the early 2000s, which was anti carb. I am, I am not a dieter. I am not into extreme diets, but with, you know, cu- the quarantine, I, I gained like 15 pounds just being stuck in the house, not getting out and moving enough. So I started that diet and it sucks. You can't eat pasta you can't eat rice you can't eat beans you can't eat berries you can't eat ice cream like fuck this shit i don't even like ice cream but right now i want it
0: <laughs> you can't eat ice cream
1: no it has a whole shit ton of sugar in it and sugar's a no-go and i know they that have
0: sugar-free ice cream <sighs>
1: tonight okay so tonight we're drinking sangria that's yeah. our drink we haven't even talked about that yet we gotta throw that in here sangria is like straight sugar so I am breaking the keto diet right now. Hardcore, but For it's it. For a good reason. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let me get back into the facts about flatulence, and then we'll discuss what we're drinking.
0: Well, you already said it.
1: All right, all right, all right. We're drinking sangria. Do you want to give the recipe? Should we give the recipe?
0: A bunch of alcohol yes. and some Sprite and lemonade.
1: Uh-huh. And you make it in bulk. You got to have a one-gallon jug container.
0: 36 and- ounces of Sprite, 18... 18- 12 ounces of You have no idea what you're doing. Yes, I do. Sixteen no. ounces of bourbon. We went with hundred percent. No.
1: Proof. <laughs> That's way too much bourbon.
0: No, it's not. Trust me.
1: Your Thirty-nine rec- ounces of vodka. Thirty-nine.
0: <laughs> Twelve ounces of lemonade.
1: Okay, so if you want the real. And a recipe, whole bottle
0: of wine. At least I got two things right.
1: You get you need sixteen ounces of vodka. You wanted the 100 proof vodka. I nicked that because we got 100 proof bourbon.
0: No, you didn't. You nicked it before we even got the bourbon. Yeah, because
1: it's going to taste like fucking rubbing alcohol.
0: In a pot of sugar?
1: It's still going to taste like rubbing alcohol. Anyway, 16 ounces of vodka, 8 ounces of bourbon. We chose the the 100 proof Evan Williams because it's pretty good. A whole bottle of red wine, cheap. Red wine or you can use like boxed wine. It really doesn't matter because you're going to mix it all up and you'll get drunk really fast. So you won't know anyway. Right. And then you need 32 ounces of lemonade and 36 ounces of Sprite at least, if not a little more. If you want it fizier. And it's really good, but you have to drink it in two to three days because the wine starts to get funky. But that's it's like I was telling on our uh, Instagram live yesterday it's two to three very happy days especially when you get to the bottom because all the alcohol sinks to the bottom as you go and the drink it just gets stronger and stronger better and it just better <laughs> it's so good so there go try some sangria you think you're so fucking funny go don't try you? it go try it go yeah try it. <laughs> okay so facts about flatulence i was geeking out the whole time i was looking this stuff up because i have the humor of a tiny male child I've noticed. Yeah.
0: Which is why you don't often laugh at my sophisticated yeah. wittiness. Is
1: that what you call it?
0: That's what it is known uh-huh. as.
1: So the word fart originally popped up in sixteen thirty two and it was defined and this cracks me the fuck up. It was defined as to send forth a wind from the anus.
0: <laughs> to send you forth.
1: <laughs> Isn't that what is it
0: from um <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it <laughs> i fought in your general direction yeah, that's, that's from so uh, monty
1: python on the holy yeah. grail
0: <laughs> i kept thinking spam a lot
1: farts can reach up to 10 feet per second or about seven miles per hour depending on the food that's inspiring the fart
0: and if you're wearing underwear
1: and if you have hair on your butt imagine i imagine that being, slows that down
0: imagine being the scientist having to grab that data
1: just wait we've got some good stuff coming oh, yeah. up yeah Vegetarians fart more than carnivores, but the carnivore foofs smell worse with those of carnivorous women smelling the worst. But I would, I don't know, I've been around a lot of vegetarians, though uh, they're not good smelling farts. I've smelled carnivore farts, and maybe it's just because I'm used to a carnivore eater fart, but vegetarian farts are foul. That is some funk coming out of that butt. But, okay, so carnivorous women, they have the worst smelling farts, right? And so the reason behind that is because women produce more hydrogen sulfide during digestion, so we have more egg farts.
0: Yep. Which I can
1: 100% attest to being true. Ditto. <laughs> it smells like bad scrambled eggs. <laughs> uh-huh.
0: you see what I live with, y'all? Yeah.
1: <laughs> Oh, you know you laugh every time you fart, too. Come on.
0: Every time I fart, Dude, absolutely.
1: 100%, the best farts are morning farts. When you've been saving it all night and then you get up morning and you shower and farts. it's just like this honk that comes out of your rear. <laughs> yes. Uh, in China, there are people that sniff farts for their jobs. Legit. This is a thing. And they're literally professional s- fart smellers. So they, they can make up to $50,000 detecting flatulent odors to diagnose disease. Huh. Isn't that crazy?
0: 50000 a year? Yeah. I don't know if it's worth it. Do you think they use like a fart mask well, or wait, do you think they just put their face right down in there?
1: There's a little unknown benefit that comes with that. It may mean that they end up having longer, healthier lives because... So the University of Exeter um, did a whole study and they found that Smelling farts can reduce the risk of cancer, stroke, arthritis, and dementia. So apparently exposure to the small amounts of hydrogen sulfide can prevent mitochondrial damage. So to, your, right. yeah, the powerhouse of your cells, right? So basically you want to hang out with flatulent ladies more often because it's that hydrogen sulfide.
0: I if you know I chose the life, right woman.
1: You are going to live a long life, yes. my friend. <laughs> Yay, me. This little factoid cracks me up, but does not surprise me. The oldest known joke on record, coming to us circa 1900 BCE, before Common Era, for those of you that don't know what BCE stands for, uh, the oldest one is a fart joke. It's about a woman farting in her husband's lap.
0: That's not funny.
1: I think that's hysterical, because they <laughs> it just look... Time has not changed anything.
0: Right. Farts are always funny.
1: Farts are always funny. And they
0: always will be funny.
1: And then I had one final thing because we were originally going to air this episode shortly after um, SpaceX flight. And this is about farting in space. space. Space, space,
0: space. After the SpaceX flight. Yeah. What?
1: We were going to air this like a week after the SpaceX flight. So I was finding all kinds of interesting space
0: oh, this, okay.
1: stats, but and facts and stuff. But so I don't know if it's still a concern. But back when they were doing the Gemini missions, there was a real concern about too much flatulence from astronauts in space because farts are in fact flammable. They really are, and um, since those were tiny pressurized cap- capsules, there was this real threat of gases causing an explosion. They did a whole bunch of scientific studies about it, um, looking at the different astronaut diets to see which ones produced the most amount of farts. Uh (laughs) I think that's funny. This is what NASA spent money on. Right. Our government spent big bucks on this stuff. (laughs) So those are my fun facts for you for today.
0: Thank you. On the space station, they have to be concerned about odors. Poop and farts, I'm sure, and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just because it can cause a headache, too.
1: Cause a headache. Yeah, it's making people sick.
0: Because well, it just recirculates.
1: It's all recycled air, baby. You would be in so much trouble. You could not be an astronaut. You would kill everybody up there. Well, they wouldn't
0: there. be feeding me what I eat now. Deep fried so.
1: chicken all the time.
0: Not all the time. Shut up,
1: dude. It's like at least eight times a week that you're eating fried chicken. Sometimes you have it multiple that times is- a day.
0: An exponential over-exaggeration. Over-exagger- <laughs> I don't
1: think so. How much chicken and chicken nuggets do we go through here?
0: Okay, chicken and chicken nuggets are two different things.
1: Chicken tenders and chicken nuggets, then.
0: That bag's been in the freezer. The bag before I finished it was in the freezer for about three weeks. So I don't even want to hear it.
1: Because you were eating nuggets instead. No. Whatever. So we've had Pay our attention drinks. to your own
0: thing, baby. Focus on your damn self.
1: We've had our drinks.
0: I'm almost done with my drink.
1: We're on our way to being drunk?
0: Let's talk about the dead. The dead. I said it so you don't have to. Too late. We're good.
1: It's in there now. You're going first this week. I'm shithead. There's
0: something sticky all over the table, and it has caught cat hair, and it looks like our table now has fur.
1: (sighs) That's really not... That's not Surprise, surprising at all. But it's disgusting. It is disgusting. You should
0: look at it. It's kind of gross. It,
1: children and cats. We basically have four kids.
0: <sighs> and then you on top of that. Oh, Jeez, yeah. Please send added. prayers.
1: Uh-huh. So I'm excited for our topic this week. It's one of my favorites. I've been so waiting for this. I can't wait to do it. I can't
0: wait in what, like 18 episodes?
1: Uh, I know. It's one of my favorite things. I'm so excited. Is
0: it? UFOs.
1: It's UFOs. UFOs. I think you're going first this week, though.
0: I sure am. So my story is the Stephenville sightings.
1: I don't think I've ever heard of those. Good. He looks so Jan- serious. <laughs>
0: huh? You're like good. <laughs> January eighth of two thousand eight in the town of Stephenville, Texas, which is about like a hundred miles of da- um, from Dallas. a handful of residents reported viewing anomalies in the sky they claimed to see white lights in the sky above highway 67 I don't know what highway 67 is but that's what everyone said Hmm. so first they had formed in a horizontal arc then in vertical formations several residents described a craft as the size of a football field while others said they were nearly a mile long and these were similar to the Phoenix Lights sightings.
1: Wait, so was it one craft with a whole bunch of lights? Or were these Just multiple crafts it. that were...
0: Let me get to it.
1: Well, you said it... That's... I don't... Okay.
0: So this was similar to the Phoenix Lights, where there was, you know, like a mass reporting of people who had seen it in the 90, in the late 90s. One of the guys who had seen the sightings in Stephenville... He was a local pilot named Steve Allen, and he estimated that the strobe lights spanned about a mile long and a half mile wide. And he said that they were zooming across the sky around 3,000 miles per hour at times, and he never reported a sound, so he said it was silent.
1: So how do you how do you estimate three thousand miles an hour? As somebody who drives maybe seventy five miles an hour on a highway, like how well, do he's you estimate? Somebody who,
0: he's a pilot.
1: I know, but still, do they go that fast? They don't go that fast. UFOs? Like that's ridiculous. No, pilots, pilots. How do you estimate?
0: No, like Cessnas, they probably go like several hundred, thirty. Right. So how do you
1: estimate three thousand miles an hour?
0: I don't know. Very just fast. One,
1: I'm just wondering how, how you, it's not like you definitive science.
0: <laughs> so, according to Steve Allen, the object was traveling at the high speed, which supposedly reached three thousand feet in the air. So, really, not that far. No, above that's end. not
1: very high at all.
0: On January t- 23rd, after initially denying that any aircraft were operating in the area, the U.S. Air Force said that it was conducting training flights in the Stephenville area that involved 10 fighter jets.
1: At 3,000 feet.
0: The U.S. Air Force said that F-16s were flying in the Brownwood Military Operating Area, which is just southwest of Stephenville. Many towns' people didn't buy the explanation, believing that what they saw was too technologically advanced advanced for human capabilities so this was the account from Steve Atlin he's a trucking entrepreneur he was at his friend's house um they were all sitting outside around a fire so he saw the lights they were orbs that glowed at first then began to flash he says there was no regular pattern to the flashing. They lined up horizontally, seven of them, then changed into an arc. They lined up vertically, and I saw two rectangles of bright flame. That's when I knew it was a life-changing experience. He watched the orbs move north toward Stephenville. They came back a few minutes later, he said, this time followed by two F-16 jets.
1: Oh, uh-huh, so uh, the Air Force was aware...
0: Right. And, well, this is at least what, what he said mm-hmm. he saw. But, again, he is a pilot, so he probably has a pretty good understanding of what is what near, at least more so than mm-hmm. us. Yeah, yeah. He'd know? be
1: more likely to be able to uh, identify it.
0: Right, right. The jet. He said the jets looked like they were chasing the lights and the lights seemed to be toying with them. It was like a 100 mile ho- or 100 horsepower car trying to keep up with a 1000 horsepower one. When Allen returned home, he phoned friends at the local airport who checked with Fort Worth Airport Tower and both said nothing was flying that night.
1: Fishy, fishy. Yeah. Something stinks.
0: Right? So this is for a small little snippet from a man, James Hughes. He's a former Air Force navigation specialist who was in downtown Stephenville saying goodnight to a couple of his friends. Out of the corner of his eye, he saw two red orbs moving overhead. He said they were the reddest things he had ever seen in the sky. They came right in front of me at 2,000 feet, about a half mile away. They weren't going that fast, maybe 60 miles per hour. And again, he said that they didn't make any noise. So again, no noise, but one of them... Going three thousand miles an hour, and the other one's kind of just cruising through the sky. Mm -hmm. Leroy Gation Gatton G A I T A N. Leroy
1: drinking.
0: Who is a local law enforcement enforcement officer? Enforcement enforcement (laughs) officer.
1: Do you hang out with the water boy?
0: (laughs) Yes, he does. He 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 says. First, I saw a yellow red orb, the color of lava, in a volcano. Then, instead of the red orbs, there were nine or ten flashing lights, maybe 3,000 feet in the air, bouncing and very bright. They hovered there, strobing for two or or three minutes, bright like headlights. Then they shot off at a blazing speed, like a school of fish. And he also accounted seeing the two jets flying. Okay, so
1: that's good. There's more than one witness that saw the jets.
0: So the local paper... I believe it was the. I don't remember what it was called. I'm blanking right now. Um, published a an article, possible UFO sighting on January 10th. So two days later. And it was one, it was one it was the first of many of this woman's um, articles about the sighting of the lights. On January 11th, the woman Joyner called Major Carl Lewis, who was a public affairs officer of the 301st Fighter Wing at the Naval Air Station in Fort Worth. Lewis said that the base had nothing flying that night, the night of the sightings. Other nearby nearby bases also issued similar denials. On January 23rd, 12 12 days after denying it had planes in the air, the military reversed itself. Of so this course.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's pretty standard.
0: All right. According.
1: Oh, my big thunder thighs are sticking to the seat. Give me a second to adjust my Yeah, phone. tell
0: me about it. <sighs> According to a carefully worded press release issued by Air Force Reserve Command Public Affairs, 10 F-16s from the 457th Fighter Squadron performing training operations from 6 to 8 p.m. on January 8th. Over the area where everybody said that they saw something. Rick Sorrels, another person who saw it, says that he saw the object while deer hunting in the woods. He says you look at the trees and it was right there. He estimated it to be the length of three or four football fields, though he could not entirely be sure because of the vantage point that he was at.
1: Right. I'm sure it's hard through trees too. Like <laughs>
0: right, for sure.
1: When what what month was this in? January. Okay, so there wouldn't have been right any January. canopy on the trees, so you can at least see through the trees, but there probably still would have been a fair amount of obstruction.
0: Right. Not to get a clear view. And if it was just lights, you know, a tree could be sitting right in the way to block out one light or something.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this, I don't really, I don't know, maybe he's just trying to grab attention for something, you know. But he later claimed that military cops copters um, had since overflown his property at low altitude and that he's been getting strange phone calls.
1: But nobody else had this problem?
0: No. He also claims that an unknown man came to his door. Even once told him that, son, we have the same caliber weapons you have, but we have more of them. After Soros grabbed his rifle... The guy said to him, you need to shut your mouth about what you saw. So Soros goes, I'm trying to decide whether or not to open the door. We're just standing there, face to face, looking at each other. I'm thinking he's dressed for the elements, and the dogs are raising such a ruckus, he must know he's in danger of being caught. That's when I realized he wanted me to see him. The man then turned away and walked into the woods. So that seemed a little bogus, but... Been- that is very
1: confusing. Is his house in the woods? And he was standing on one side of the door, and he could like looking through the peephole.
0: No, the guy was. They were standing face at the door.
1: So why is he but- deciding whether to open the door?
0: No, he's saying like again. That's how I get it.
1: Maybe I've had too much sangria, but I didn't follow that very well. Okay, <laughs> I did not follow that line of thought. I'm thinking that he
0: says we're just standing there face to face looking at each other. So I right. don't imagine. It's and then he talks people.
1: about opening a door.
0: I think that, I think he's saying that in the future, like he, he never, whatever. Anyways, it's still not that like government officials, high level, you know, like secret programs have never done these type of things. Like the men in black and in, like, oh, the, the men 70s. In Black
1: Absolutely exist.
0: Right. I don't know. Not the way the movie they makes, and-
1: but yeah, they exist.
0: Yeah. So I don't I wouldn't doubt it, but I don't think it's very believable personally.
1: If this thing was closer to his property than anything else, there might have been a reason to go visit him versus visiting people in a suburb area. Right. I mean if you're going if he one, if he's secluded it's a lot easier to intimidate him than going door to door in the middle of a fucking suburb where the neighbors can look out and see the men in black right there. Right. Yeah. It's definitely a little more, it's more subtle.
0: Yeah. The one point I found interesting here is he says that the guy was dressed for the elements.
1: So he knew where he he was. Right.
0: And he just walked away into the woods again. He was
1: in Texas in January, which is like 30 degrees. Right. Must be awful. Well, to Texas. them,
0: though. Yeah, I know. 30 right? like, ooh.
1: <laughs> Here, 30 degrees in January is a fucking heat wave.
0: Right. <laughs> whip out the shorts for that one.
1: Uh, amen and the Crocs, people walking yeah, around in their Birkenstocks.
0: Uh, stop it, people, please.
1: I will never forget seeing it, some teenage girl in the middle of a fucking snowstorm. We literally had like two feet of snow on the ground, and she's wearing a mini skirt and Birkenstocks and trying in to State walk College. into a giant eagle with her mom. No, it was here in Erie. No, it wasn't. <laughs> yeah. and she's complaining about how cold it is, and of course high schoolers don't wear coats. Just so she's wearing no coat, miniskirt, skirt, and Birkenstocks, and I'm like, Mom, how'd you let this chick out of the house? Right,
0: kids these days.
1: Kids these days.
0: So, uh, Mufon,
1: yay, Mufon!
0: And set up an open hearing on the sightings, um, just trying to get accounts and statements from people who claimed that they saw it. And, um, so they filed after this hearing. They filed for a Freedoms of Information Act with requests to the military branches and other governmental agencies. Only the FAA and the National Weather Service acknowledged that they had any relevant information and forwarded radar data. In July, the group released its report, which suggested that several fighters as well as an airborne warning and control system plane were in the area. But so, they claim, was a mysterious large object without the required transponder that identifies and locates aircrafts.
1: They're trying to claim that this was some U.S. thing. That what? was one of their aircraft that was huge.
0: MUFON saying that? Is that what you're asking? Is that, me?
1: What, is that what they... Did I hear that completely wrong?
0: Probably. I don't know what the fuck you're saying.
1: Never mind. Just continue.
0: A transponder is something that identifies an I, aircraft. Yeah, I know and, what a transponder is. I thought you were saying gives something you the about ability the ability to communicate with one another.
1: I know what a transponder is. Okay. In case you heard what I just said...
0: Okay, well, you didn't understand what I just said, so I'm trying to I'm not talking reiterate. about the
1: transponder. I'm talking about, it sounded like you were saying the U.S. government was saying this was one of theirs, just flying no, around. No, this was
0: a report from MUFON. And they said that on these radar files, the, da- the data that they collected, they found, they saw a couple of fighter jets as well as a airborne warning and control system plane. So that was on the radar as well as another large, unidentified object.
1: Uh, Okay, okay, that makes more sense. See, I thought you were lumping them all together as military stuff. No. Okay, just move on.
0: The report concludes that a very large, unidentified craft or object was tracked on radar for over an hour. Most of the time, the object was either stationary or moving at speeds of less than 60 miles per hour at seven thirty two p m the object was tracked, accelerating to five hundred and thirty two miles per hour in thirty seconds and then slowing to forty nine miles per hour forty nine miles per hour only ten seconds later
1: hmm. i mean i I believe it I've had a personal experience so
0: yeah, and it goes with a lot of the other claims that people were saying too that it would speed off out of nowhere and then come to a stop and mm-hmm. hover and then
1: and they, they try to come up with excuses like oh that must have been a drone or maybe it was a helicopter or you you could have seen a flare none of that shit does this none right. of that shit does this especially
0: in 2008 too right so it seemed like the lights that they had seen um they were like white lights at first but then almost like just before the the object would disappear or fly away really fast. It would turn into um, like red, as right? The, that officer said turned into like the color of volcano, an orb, kind of the color of volcano. It was very like flashy and irregular, so almost like you know a jet thruster or something like that. And then it would take off. Hmm. So that is the Stephenville sightings.
1: That is some interesting stuff. Yeah. Have I ever told you about my personal experience? Probably. I can't remember when it was. It wasn't that long ago, only like four years ago, out at my parents' house, standing on their back porch. And if you look off their back porch, their back porch faces all the other backyards of the neighborhood, so it's like a nice, clear path. There aren't any houses in the way. There are a few trees and stuff, but it was at night during the summer, and it was a cloudy night, so all the stars were covered. You couldn't see any of the stars. But there was this bright light off in the distance, due south, and it would do this thing where it it would stay in one spot for quite some time. We're talking minutes. Just hold there, and then it would move down, and it would hold there, and it would move say east, and hold due there, east, and then west, and ho- and up and like all over, like and just for a half an hour or more. No way this thing was a drone. Or a helicopter, or anything, because it stayed in that perfect spot. And then, when at the end, when it was done with whatever the fuck it was doing, it just you watched it slowly fade out into nothing. It was so cool. I mean, sure it was this bright light. This when
0: you were experimenting with PCP and DMT and shrooms and acid.
1: Hmm. No, uh, this at the same time. this w- this would have been during my enlightenment period.
0: Mm. With the ecstasy, gotcha. Yeah, it yeah wasn't yeah, the hard yeah. shit.
1: You know, four years ago when I was such an ex head.
0: Right. Was that an actual term?
1: No, I'm just making shit up. As okay, I go. like, I, I was have no say idea. Because.
0: <laughs> nerd. Well,
1: they call it Molly now. It was X when I was a They're teenager. They're different things. MDMA.
0: What they're still it's the same things. thing.
1: It's just like MD- it's the same compound. Drug, Molly's but more it's, pure, it's I think.
0: Right, Molly is the purest form of MDMA that you can get. LSD is often, or ecstasy is often cut with
1: all oh, kinds of other crap. Yeah, right. baking soda, That's a trip.
0: heroin. Yep, I can tell you a few things about my minutes in the drug game.
1: Yeah, you never did any of this shit. Huh? You were such a clean kid.
0: Just because you didn't do it doesn't mean you don't know it.
1: Well, that's fair. Every high school kid knows that shit. All right. So thank you very much for that story. That was a good one. I I had not heard of that one before. It's a little it's classic u.s government of no 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 we don't know what you're talking about oh you know what maybe on second thought we were in that area you're like bullshit man you have the best you're records like, on oh, anything shit. ever you know you were in. in that area i don't know why they backtrack on anything what is the fucking point just be upfront. because the second you backtrack on your story we're calling your bullshit
0: They don't care. They don't. Nobody's gonna do anything about it. What can we do about it? Just bitch and complain. Well,
1: that's true. We can't can't do a a damn thing. We do that, but we're gonna call you on your bullshit anyway.
0: Yeah, and they're probably like, ooh, boo, hoo.
1: Yeah, it's like when teenage kids call their parents on their bullshit, and the mom's like, "Yeah, go ahead. What you gonna do about it? Because your ass is still gonna be grounded." Right. Okay, mom, it's not fair. You know what you're doing.
0: Is that the parent you aspire to be one day? Uh-huh. So <laughs> you have a story for us this week or meh.
1: Oh I do, I do. But shall oh. we take a shall we take a bathroom break first?
0: Should we? Elevator music.
1: Elevator music.
0: Q. Elevator. Music. <sighs> now. Go.
1: Thank you, Sloth. What? You're like the sloth from Zootopia.
0: So tell me about your story, Miss are, Emmy. Are you ready for this? <laughs> Sorry, is that copyrighted?
1: Probably. But I think you're good. You're good. Okay. A- nobody it was only like five seconds. Cool. You're good. So you know that... I do my research early. For sure, bud. You're a wait-till-the-last-minute kind of person. You get it done, it's fine. That works for you. I'm a research early. I'm not changing. And I'm excited and happy that I did the research early this week because that means I got to pick my choice topic. Usually I'm nice and I leave you some of the fun topics and I just leave them alone so that you can hit on them. But this week I went with the USS Nimitz.
0: Which is the one that I wanted, anyways. Yeah,
1: you tried to steal it, and you can't have it, because it's mine. Mine. It's mine. Are you ready for this?
0: Wait. Okay, I'm ready.
1: Buckle up, baby.
0: It's Buckle Up Buttercup.
1: Buckle up, it's a wild ride. I'm so excited. So, the USS Nimitz. let's get into this. So... According to the USS Nimitz website, the ship is the U.S. Navy's oldest and Mm -hmm. finest aircraft carrier, and it was first deployed on July 7th of 1976. It has sailed all over the world. It's been engaged in um, multiple military operations everywhere from, like, the Middle East to South America. And, yeah, our neighbors are yelling, it's okay, don't worry about them. The ship itself is 1,092 feet long and 252 feet wide, And it reaches almost 23 stories tall from the keel to the top of the mast. So it's a big ship. And it can hold approximately 5,000 sailors. Lots of witnesses. In early 2004, another ship named the USS Princeton was, uh, they started recording weird tracks on their, so they had this brand spanking new radar system.
0: Brand spanking new. Brand
1: spanking new. Like, smack my ass, it's brand new.
0: Like billions of dollars. Yes, yes. It was
1: a top-of-the-line, brand-new radar system that they're using. And they're using it off of the coast of California. It's about 100 miles off the coast. And they start getting these weird tracks on the radar system. So because it's brand new, of course, they think maybe there's a malfunction or it needs to be recalibrated. So they shut the thing down. They recalibrate the system, but the tracks when they recalibrated it only got clearer.
0: Wait, back there a little bit ago, were you giving me an invitation to smack your ass? <laughs>
1: smack my ass, it's brand spanking new, yep.
0: Is that a yep, like, mm-hmm. I can?
1: No, let's continue on with the story for now. This is a long one, so
0: <sighs> stick with
1: me here. Okay. Then on the 10th of that month, Navy Chief Petty Officer Kevin Day, who was stationed on the Princeton, he began to observe um, groups of 5 to 10 radar traces that appeared to be kind of slowly traveling southward in this loose formation at about 28,000 feet over Catalina and San Clemente Islands. So twenty eight thousand feet is lower than the typical it's a little lower than the typical cruising altitude for 30. most, yeah, which is thirty to thirty three somewhere in there. I looked it up because I was curious. Mm-hmm. So these are a little low. and um so he's manning the radar. He thought their speed was startlingly slow. He was reporting it at only a hundred knots. And so this was really slow, especially for the altitude that they were cruising at. But he received confirmation from radar operators on other ships that they were seeing the same thing. So he's not losing his mind. He's actually seeing this. And again, I don't speak knots. So I I looked up what like a typical airline would be traveling at. And it should be like 160-ish knots. Mm -hmm. But this thing was only traveling at 100 knots. So it's pretty slow that's a that's a good difference even though i don't know what knots translates to in miles per hour but it sounds like a good difference <laughs> 160 to one, 160
0: 100? well at least like the big planes i think they usually cruise around 450 to 500 i have no miles idea per hour.
1: but this thing was moving slowly like slowly enough that they were going something's fishy here mm huh I remember when I first moved to Erie, they used to report, they might still do this and I just ignore it now, but they would report the weather out on the lake and the wind is up to 15 knots or whatever. Right. And I was like, what the fuck is a knot? Because I came from central Ohio. I had no idea what a knot was.
0: (laughs) Well, a knot is a, a universal.
1: I know, but you don't hear it used when you're landlocked. Okay. It's not like a commonly used thing. Up here, it makes sense when you're out on a ship. It's something that you would use when you're on a ship at sea or up in the air, apparently. But not when you're just driving down the road to the Kroger and the Big Bear, which I don't think exists anymore. Grocery store. Anyway. Grocery store. Grocery stores. (laughs) So reports of these sightings, they continued for almost a week. And uh, there were sailors that were... On these ships that they had these super fancy magnified binoculars so they could see really far.
0: A telescope?
1: No, binoculars, not telescopes. <laughs> okay. But they when they used the magnified binoculars, they were able to watch something kind of moving erratically in the distance. So they were able to visibly see what they were seeing on the radar through the binoculars. Gotcha. Um over the course of that week, Chief Petty Officer Day said, um, he had his screen had shown well over 100 AAVs, which are anomalous aerial vehicles, which I found out is military speak for UFOs because they can't say UFOs, it's too taboo. So they call them anomalous aerial A-A-V. vehicles. Yeah, AAVs.
0: Yeah. Anomalous is more professional than unidentified.
1: Why? You haven't identified it. Why is unidentified unprofessional? If unprofessional isn't unprofessional.
0: I was making a joke about the military, dude.
1: The military is ridiculous. Yes, it's fair. Laugh. Ha. So, contrary to the initial observation of Chief Petty Officer Day... Many um, many of these appeared, the later ones, appeared at altitudes that were greater than 80,000 feet. So these things are way the fuck up there. And then they would later drop at what was described as astonishingly fast speeds to lower airspace. I didn't even know radar went up to 80,000 feet. I had no idea. Yeah. I That one I did not bother to look up because this is a long story and I hit the point where I was like, eh, okay, sure, I'm going with it. <laughs> That was from the History Channel, the eighty thousand feet. So I'm going to trust so that the History Channel knows what they're talking about.
0: I believe it. You sound waves. How do you or is it radar? Is radar sound? I should know this. I've I mean, that's about what bats before.
1: use. It's sound radar. Yeah, so okay.
0: ultrasonic. Yeah. Yeah,
1: Sonom- I believe it as long as the, the sauna locator, something like that. As long as location. as long as the
0: output is powerful enough and. Your receivers are sensitive enough. That makes sense. So
1: we'll go with eighty thousand feet. That makes sense. Sure. sure. Jinx. Jinx.
0: Ha ha. Got her. Master.
1: Then on the afternoon of November fourteenth, two thousand four, this day was really what they called it a picturesque day. It was like the perfect day for flying because it was clear blue, cloudless skies, and a calm sea. So it was the perfect day to be out flying maneuvers and around. 2 p.m., and I couldn't tell whether that was Pacific Time or Eastern Standard Time. Because the times varied depending on where you were looking at, and I think that this might might be 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I'm not positive. But at around 2 p.m., the USS Princeton, they began to observe more of those unusual sightings on their radar. So um, an operations officer on board the ship, they contacted— U.S. Marine Corps F-A-18 Hornet and two U.S. Navy Boeing F-A-18EF Super Hornets. So these were Super Hornets. Super Hornets. Super. Super Hornets. And these things were, they, they were all flying from the USS Nimitz. And they were conducting training maneuvers in the area that day. Lieutenant Colonel Kurth was the commanding officer of the squadron. Um, and that was squadron VMFA-232. He was flying the Marine Hornet. And then there were two Navy, uh, the two Navy Super Hornets, which were two-seaters. So they each had a pilot and a weapon systems operator. They were flown by Commander David Fravor, who was the commanding officer of Stryker Fighter Squadron 41. And he piloted the lead Super Hornet. And then Lieutenant Commander Jim Slate was flying the second Super Hornet. So these were all, like, really experienced pilots. They had many years of flying under their belts, right? Uh Mm-hmm. You have a lieutenant, lieutenants and commanders, and, yeah, stuff. That sounds experienced. All the good goods. That sounds experienced. I don't know. I'm not in the military, but it sounds pretty highly experienced. I'm going to trust them on that one. Gotcha. So... The pilots were directed by the radio operator on the Princeton to go investigate the spots that were popping up on the radar because it looked really fishy. And they're like, okay, we're sick of this shit. Go check it out. Somebody needs to figure out what the fuck's going on here. They waited days to go check this shit out, right? They kept seeing it forever. And then they're like, well, you know what? Maybe we should go take a look at that.
0: We have some free time. I guess we uh, could go you, out.
1: You know, um something about this uh, strikes me as a little bit unusual.
0: It's a little bit uh, fishy. kidding. We're in the <laughs> sea? Uh-huh.
1: No. Okay, yes. I'll give that one to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so they go out, and as they're going out, the radio operator asks the pilots whether they're carrying any operational weapons, which they're not. So... Obviously, if they're being asked if they're carrying any weapons, these things are making the radar operators nervous. There's something going on. It's clearly not identifiable to the radar operators. They're going, do we need to shoot this shit down? As the pilots approached the intercept area, Lieutenant Colonel Kurth was instructed to leave that area because the Navy Super Hornets were approaching. So I guess... They take priority over Marines. I really don't know. I'm not sure why. But when um, Kurth goes to turn around and return to the Nimitz, he looks down and he notices what he described as this round section of turbulent water that was about 50 to 100 meters in diameter. So it's a good it's a good size, right? But he couldn't see what was causing it. The Navy pilots then came up and they reached the intercept area. But they, as they were coming up, they didn't see anything on their radar. They couldn't see whatever the ship was seeing. But when they got there, they also noticed that same turbulent area of water, and they described it as being about the size of a Boeing seven thirty seven, which I'm not that defin- different. I know that's a large size, but I could not tell you what the size of a Boeing seven thirty seven is just from looking at it.
0: It's probably around six hundred feet.
1: Sure i don't take your word for it. 150
0: meters is only around 50 foot.
1: What? Did you say 150 meters is only around 50 feet? Yeah. A meter is three feet. Yeah. Your math is bad.
0: Just I like my math, math well.
1: on a live Instagram video.
0: See, I always get it switched up. Yeah, no, it's bad. And again, I'm an engineer.
1: <laughs> it's like I'm a okay. biologist. See, I always we- know, I always
0: get it mixed up in my head because I know the three point four two eight. Is the conversion factor between a meter and a foot? But I always, whatever. I do it the other way around.
1: Okay, so so these guys pull up. And we're just breezing over what you said.
0: <laughs> Delete that. Uh-huh.
1: So these guys pull up and they they see this weird spot, right? And what they said was that the waves were moving around in that space and. The way they they were moving it kind of made it look like they were breaking over the surface of something that was just under the water, but they couldn't see what it was. So you know, like when we go out to Prescott Island, you you have the um barriers, the storm barriers, the breakers. Yeah. What like water breaking on that? That's what it looked like to them. So it was really like
0: there was a physical object there.
1: Something blocking the water and it was just smashing into it so you get these big waves and frothiness and Uh Turbulence, as they described it. So they a disturbance in the force. A disturbance in the force. In a few seconds after they're looking at all this, going WTF? Both the pilots, Fravor and Slate, saw something that was hovering erratically about fifty feet above the water, but the water's still all sloshy. So there might have been more than one object there, but they see one that's it's about hovering above it.
0: Eighteen meters.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to prove that you don't know <laughs> <is. laughs>
0: I do the math right this time.
1: Mm-hmm. That's okay. I couldn't even add to thirty six last night when I was trying to do the Instagram live. I was like, "You put in thirty two ounces of Sprite." Nope. You had the two you put from in the 36. twelve. Yeah. Yep. No, I did. I did. I did good math right there. Yeah, you mm-hmm. did.
0: It's a good thing you're a scientist.
1: That's what I said. That never uses meters
0: <laughs> or millimeters.
1: Yep, right. Who uses that metric system? That's stupid, right?
0: Fucking the whole rest of the world is just stupid.
1: That's true. Facts, man. Facts. Right. The rest imperial of system. All the whole way. world is stupid right now. Get y'all shit together, world. Anyway, both men ended up describing what they saw as a bright white tic tac that was uh, about. Thirty to forty-six feet long. I don't know how you go thirty to forty-six. Like wouldn't you round it down to forty-five? Who goes? I think it's forty-six feet long.
0: Maybe he's just really good at that. Maybe shit.
1: he's really good at estimating. That's true. Maybe one was like thirty, and the other one's like, uh, no, I'm better at this than you are. You it's 46. It is forty-six. I have way more experience at estimating the lengths of unusual tic tac objects. Right. But the weird thing about this is it didn't have. It didn't have windows, it didn't have wings, it didn't have, like, the tail section, it didn't have portholes, no visible engine, it had nothing. Like, it was just this smooth, like a baby's butt kind of thing. And it moved back and forth like a ping pong ball, ping pong pong, and it moved back and forth like a ping pong ball that was bouncing off a wall. So it was a really weird movement. Totally smooth object. I don't know why my brain just went straight to Futurama when the professor goes, "Good news! It's a suppository." <laughs> yeah,
0: because
1: <laughs> <Just, like,
0: laughs> you're a fucking weirdo. Maybe. I know.
1: I was <laughs> like, I can't swallow that thing, and the professor goes, "Good news!
0: It's a good show.
1: It is a good show, and that thing was fucking huge. It was a hell of a suppository.
0: Think you could take it? No." But I think I could. no
1: human could physically take that thing. I could. Moving on from this really uncomfortable conversation. That's
0: how you feel about me?
1: So, Fravor, who is the pilot of the second Super Hornet, did Emmett come to visit you? Mm-hmm. Oh, he's sniffing my toes. Um, He began to try to maneuver closer to the object, so he started making this, like, circular circular descent towards it, but as he starts doing this, the object mirrored his movements but in the opposite direction. So he's spiraling down, and this thing's spiraling up.
0: That's pretty gangster.
1: And then Fravor's like, you know what, enough of this shit. Oh, we'll go with the good place. Enough of this shirt. We're not playing around.
0: Right. America...
1: So he plunges his Super Hornet down and he's aiming it to just below the tic tac object. But the tic tac suddenly accelerates across the nose of his plane and then it disappeared in less than two seconds. And this was witnessed by the weapon system operator that was flying with him, as well as the crew and the other Super Hornet. So there were multiple, there were four witnesses to what it was doing. Mm hmm. It's not just Fravor, even though there are reports that people were making fun of Fravor as being like, I believe in UFOs, but I think that most likely came after. I'm not going to go into detail. You can go look up the history, but people made fun of him for believing in UFOs. But if you have four people that witnessed the same damn thing. Right. It's not just one kook's idea. Damn it.
0: Name me guy. He wants some love.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, since the thing was gone, the jets immediately begin to return to their rendezvous point, as you're supposed to do, right? And within seconds of changing course, the Princeton radios them and says that the target has suddenly appeared at the rendezvous point, which was 60 miles away. So, it went 60 miles in seconds. Seconds.
0: 60 miles per second. That's what a Tesla can do.
1: It was wild. um. But, but by the time they got there, the target was already gone, even though it had been, again, it was viewed by the Princeton. It might have been viewed by other ships. I didn't get confirmation of that, but it's, it's craziness.
0: That's pretty crazy. right?
1: So the first team returns to Nimitz, but then a second team, which I think is like a bunch of Hawkeye fighter jets, they take off to go investigate what's going on. The first team didn't have any kind of cameras on board, but the second team did have advanced infrared cameras. So they had something to record what they were seeing. And that team was able to capture video of the object. The The video wasn't released until December of 2017. So that was... 13 years after the incident, because of course, as usual, the Navy's like, no, this didn't happen. No, this didn't happen. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe it did. Here's the video. <laughs> but um, I went on and I personally watched the video because I was, I was curious. You know me. I love UFOs. You I'm do? Like, I'm like Kesha. I believe in them. I think I might be an alien from another planet. Dot, dot, dot. Am I serious? I don't know.
0: You're not. Aliens don't feel emotions the way that you do.
1: What makes you think that aliens can absolutely be empaths? Haven't you ever seen Arrival?
0: A movie? Yeah.
1: least tell ever us everything. Seen,
0: like every Discovery documentary ever, where they just stick stuff in your butthole. You want to talk to me about empathy?
1: Anyway, so I watched the video, and it's really short. It's only like thirty seconds long. What was released? But you can see this thing just, it's really, it was a cool video because it's just, at first you think you're looking at nothing and then you see it come into view and it kind of starts dipping and darting all over the screen. And it was, I don't know, it was definitely at speeds that I don't think any of our vehicles would ever be capable of because it was almost like it was in one spot and then it just instantly appeared in another. Mm -hmm. It wasn't like you saw it move. It was just here and then suddenly there. So go check it out. It's really cool. I think um, I'll try to put up some links for it so you can check it out. It is on Wikipedia, too, but for sure you can find it on YouTube. Um, It's definitely up there. There are... Is Emmett giving you love? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Sweet baby. Not like Otto chewing up our stairs, shredding up our carpets. Pissing behind our freaking Dick. washing machine. Otto's got well, some attitude problems. <laughs> but um, if you go and you look for the video of this, there are a couple videos that pop up. One of them is labeled Gimbal. Uh, don't look at that. It's not from this incident. It's, well, I mean, you can go look at it, but it's not related to this incident. It's related to uh, another incident from the USS Theodore Roosevelt, which was off of the East Coast. I'm not sure what year that was from. The one you want to look at for this is a FLIR, F-L-I-R, video. And it was the only one that pops up as a FLIR video. So I'll put I'll try to remember to put a link. No promises, though. Because right. show notes are not my forte.
0: No.
1: Uh, then in January of this year, the Navy confirmed that there was at least one other video that captured the events of that day. There might be more. Uh but the videos have been labeled as secret and they are not released to the public yet. So we we can't see them. We don't know what they look like. The prince Oh, go ahead.
0: What's the timestamp on those? On confidential records because all of them have to be made public at some point, right?
1: Mhm. I mean, I think it's a certain like, extent, 25
0: years or something.
1: I I really I don't remember. We could go look at that um that hangar one series on Netflix discussed. How long things can remain confidential, I believe. Mm. But then again, they might have since changed the rules on something like that.
0: Right. Or it's just, I mean, if it's already confidential, we have no knowledge of it. Why do they have a reason to release it?
1: See, there is knowledge of it, though, because as much as they call something confidential, people talk. Come on, we're all a bunch of gossiping motherfuckers. We go out there and we run our mouths like teenage girls.
0: Mm. I don't know if those people created an issue about it though,
1: but they did. That's or the whole reason. Only- That's the whole reason we know about it in the first place is because the people who experienced this didn't shut up. They were like, "Something happened," and they talked and they talked and they talked about it for years. Well, maybe
0: about that. I'm just taking about whatever. Go ahead.
1: Anyway, uh, where was I? Ba-ba-da-ba-da. Um. Okay. So the Princeton and the Nimitz sailors who were on board claimed that within 12 hours after the incident, after it had ended on the 14th of November 2004, a bunch of unknown officers and personnel started to show up, and they took all of the data logs that had anything to do with the sightings, and they wiped the the ship's system. So anything that would have been any kind of recording, any kind of data at all, was gone. They erased everything. Radio communications, visual evidence, all of it. And uh this is coming from multiple witnesses on both ships. So it's not just like a few people saying maybe this happened. it's definitely multiple witnesses on both ships
0: mm-hmm.
1: trying to cover that map. Oh for sure. we know our government covers shit up all the time. what are you talking about right? Uh, Petty officer Gary Voorhees, who was responsible for the CEC system, which I guess it It's called Cooperative Engagement Capability System. Whatever the fuck that means. Something about maneuverability, I guess. Mm -hmm. He said that, uh, and this is a quote, The tapes contained crucial data that would easily shed light on the mysterious tic-tac-shaped object. You could literally plot the entire course of the object. You could extract the densities, the speeds, the way it moved, the way it displaced the air its radar cross-section, how much of the radar itself was reflected off of its surface. I mean, you could pretty much recreate the entire event with the CEC data. So he's saying the government came in, somebody came in and wiped all of this data off of his system that he was operating. Then Petty Officer Patrick Hughes, who was the guy that stored all the flight data from the Hawkeyes that day. So that was the second team that went out. He said that uh, his commanding officer and two unknown U.S. Air Force officers told him to hand over all of the recorders that were taken from the flight that day. So I guess he had, like, a special um, confidential safe or some kind of secure safe that he put all this information in regularly. Mm-hmm. And um, he was forced to hand all that information over, so he has none of it left. So there are, again, multiple accounts of somebody coming in and forcing them to hand over this information and basically bury it under the rug.
0: Right.
1: Then in September of 2019, the Nanolay...
0: The fuck did you even just say?
1: Nothing. I said nothing.
0: The Nanolay?
1: Let's try that again. The Nanolay? I'm
0: interested to see here. Here it comes up. this on time.
1: glass three of the sangria right, with right. 100-proof bourbon in it.
0: Don't blame it on the bourbon. It's
1: the bourbon. In September... Uh, Okay, then I'll blame it on the keto. In September of 2019, the Navy finally confirms that the authenticity, they confirmed the authenticity of the video. But they said it was just, like, unidentified aerial phenomena. You know, of course, uh, weather balloon kind of shit. But when they did this, Congress got wind of it and was like, you know what, hold the fork up, man. Hold the phone. You mean that there might be this unknown threat to the aviators and you weren't going to tell us about it?
0: Uh, no, 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 Congress no, is like, no, nah, You're going to
1: spill. You're going to spill. <laughs> so, which I think is interesting because if you think September 2019 was right around the same time they were doing the whole... um, Go on. Impeachment of Trump. Uh-huh. I, wow. I had investigations stuck in my head, Lumila. So they began a bunch of hearings to kind of look into this further. They they really wanted to know what kind of danger these sightings might kind of might pose to aviators. And these sightings are still going on today. Actually, they've increased. Hi, Emmett. Come here, buddy.
0: Of the Tic Tacs in particular? Or? No, just
1: sightings in general. Like, okay, so the USS Nimitz had two uh, nuclear power plants on board, basically. And you know the idea that Wherever there are nuclear power plants, you will find um, a lot of UFO sightings. Mm -hmm. Well, there have been more and more and more UFO sightings around U.S. naval ships, but it's not just U.S. naval ships that are experiencing this. It's happening all over the world. If you look into records elsewhere, all nations are experiencing this. They don't know why or what's going on, but it appears that we've seen some kind of an uptick in activity when it comes to ufo sightings Mm. so that's what congress was looking to Uh, it was to back that up it was determined that the encounters were not related to u.s technology so it's not ours and it isn't any known technology from anywhere else in the world they couldn't figure out what this was they were like this is just nothing that we've ever ever seen before there's it doesn't move like this it doesn't We've never seen anything that moves in this way and at these speeds. An official report of the incident, which was originally produced in 2009, stated the AAV, which is the anomalous aerial vehicle, was no known... I can't do this. I back up. An official report of the incident, which was originally produced in t- 2009, Stated that the AAV, which is an anomalous aerial, uh, I can't aerial vehicle.
0: say AAV. AAV.
1: already Was a uh, no known aircraft or vehicle that was currently in the inventory of the United States or any foreign nation, and it displayed advanced, low observable characteristics that rendered U.S. radar based engagement capabilities ineffective. So basically, it makes it almost impossible to see, to really be able to track it. It also displayed advanced aerodynamic performance and greater velocities than any known aerial vehicle, with no detectable means of producing lift or visible control surfaces. They don't know what this thing was. Uh-huh. So, like like I said, they, they admitted that there was another video. I'm wondering if that video was way clearer than the one that they put out, the FLIR video. The FLIR. Maybe. Because that the FLIR video that I watched was not that clear. You know, infrared, it's, it's a black it? and white. It's an yeah. in infrared. But if they're able to see that, if they are able to see and say that this is nothing that we've ever seen, there's no way that we can see that it's controlled or this that there must be a clearer video of this thing out there that they are not releasing to us. Just a little um conspiracy theory for you.
0: Unless they're just solely taking the statements of the pilots. And navigators, because didn't they say that it didn't appear that it had anything?
1: <laughs> they did, but I imagine that they would want actual visible evidence of that hmm. before they could make Maybe. such a claim. And this is—I mean—that's a pretty strong claim to make. Hmm. But of, of course, there are always the naysayers. So there were a bunch of there are a bunch of excuses that came with this. There are claims that the. <laughs> These, ex- these pilots were highly experienced pilots, right? They've been in a- at it for years. So there were claims that the highly experienced pilots misunderstood natural phenomena that they were seeing on their radar, because that makes sense. There's also the excuse that it was a glitch in the radar system, even though the pilots physically saw the objects. Right, that's I'm thinking. And then, this is one of my personal favorites, that it was a drone. In 2004... One hundred miles off the coast of California, flying faster than fighter jets with some of the most advanced technology of the time.
0: You so you know, a drone thrusters. really makes sense, right? Yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I think that's a plausible explanation there.
0: Right.
1: Good job, guys. That that seems realistic. Who <laughs> the
0: <laughs> fuck this? Shit. You go, 2004,
1: man. Anyway, so I'll wrap this up with a little bit here for you. There was also a little bit of speculation that the erratic movement observed in the video is due to the jet banking one way or another, but if I, I think if you watched it, it moves so quickly that I think it's an unlikely explanation. And like I said, it's like it disappears and then reappears in another spot instantaneously, so it just it doesn't make any sense. And then there were a couple of interesting things that I wanted to include, but I couldn't really figure out how to put them within the timeline of the story fravor who was the first to observe the object he was the second um super hornet pilot he said upon returning i have no idea what i saw it had no plumes wings or rotors and outran our f8 our f18s but i want to fly one <laughs> sounds like every pilot ever. Yeah, right. This, I mean, this is badass. So cool. I really, it makes me think of Independence Day right, when Will when Smith's like, "Yes, I want to fly this."
0: <laughs> I'd be the same way. Shit.
1: Hmm. I, like he's he's a hardcore believer in what he saw. He went to a bunch of conventions and he later speculated that what he saw was not from Earth, and he believes that it likely used gravity propulsion.
0: That's what I'm thinking.
1: Whatever the fuck gravity propulsion is, I don't know.
0: Probably harnessing the repulsion of the Earth's magnetic field somehow to...
1: To zip about? Yeah. But how would that make you go, you know, parallel to the Earth instead of... I could see that going perpendicular, but how parallel?
0: Altering currents. Maybe. I'm not a scientist.
1: But no, not at all. Not in the least. You're just an engineer, right? Right. But uh, something else to come out of this was um, the admittance of the existence of a kind of shadow program in the government. It was called... And it possibly still exists. We don't know. It was called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. So AATIP or ATIP. Hmm. AATIP. It. So it started in 2007 and it supposedly shut down in 2012 though... Um, I was reading multiple articles from the uh, that interviewed the director of the program that said it was still operating in 2017. So it definitely operated longer than they said it did. It kind of made, uh, reminded me of Space Force, with yeah. Steve Carell. <laughs> <laughs> Good show, by the way. So it's apparently kind of this, it was started as this pet project for Senator Harry Reid, who was the Senate Majority Leader at the time in 2007. And I guess he's this—he's a big believer in UFOs, and he has a lot of interest in studying them. So he he convinced the government to set up a program to look into this stuff. And it was it was really small; it had a small budget, and it was basically laughed at by the Defense Department. And just it really reminded me of watching Space Force and the I the if Air that was Force the was that, or maybe. Something. But um, apparently a lot of the information. That went to those congressional hearings came out of AATIP. So that was all regarding the sightings and um, the accounts and everything. All of the stuff that went to those hearings came from this, this organization, their program. Hmm. So it's really oddly, and thanks to the shadow program, that the Navy was forced to admit what had happened in November of 2004. And that's my story for you about the USS Nimitz. And their encounter with a UFO or multiple UFOs. With a tic-tac. With a tic-tac. With a flying tic-tac. Thank you for sharing. What flavor do you think it was?
0: Definitely not cinnamon. Well, it was
1: white, so it had to have been the peppermint.
0: Yeah. Definitely not orange. Definitely not cinnamon.
1: basic, man. If you go on peppermint, tic-tac, What's the point
0: of a tic-tac? To freshen your breath.
1: Cinnamon, baby. Cinnamon.
0: No. Gross. As fuck.
1: So that wraps up our stories for the night, I think. Indeed. Don't forget to go check out BMW, Black Millennial Women Podcast. I think, honestly, I think if you guys go out and you check them out, you're really going to enjoy them. They're funny. They are intelligent. Like I said, they offer great kind of insight and views on different topics. Uh, They cover everything from TV to personal life, all, all kinds of stuff. You can find them on... Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at BMW Podcast, and you can also find them on iTunes. So go check them out. Don't forget to check us out on our social media. Baby. baby, where can they find us?
0: Drink, drunk, dead podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. drink, drunk, dead.
1: Yep, there you go. Nailed it.
0: Um, Facebook, Instagram, and the tweeters. Yep, and if or you email us at Drink, Drunk, Dead Podcast, got that one right. At gmail.com
1: and if you send follow us, us your if you follow us on instagram if you, you have good stories you might see our live videos
0: and talk shit on emily
1: that's uh, yeah whatever
0: facebook also
1: talk shit on me on facebook
0: no live videos
1: oh live videos yeah occasionally more often on instagram
0: on the Insta.
1: but hit us up let us know what's up let us know if there are topics you want us to cover. Let us know if there's maybe an organization or business you want us to support. You want us to highlight for our new segment. Shoot it to us in the email, like he said, drinkdrunkdeadpodcast at gmail dot com.
0: I know which org- organization we should do next time.
1: Well, I already know what one we're doing next time. But what are you thinking?
0: Joel is broke. Org.
1: Um, Donate,
0: please. Thank you kisses for all my people
1: Well, we'll start a patreon just for you
0: alright cool well I'm gonna have to put nudies up on there
1: on patreon that's what patreon that's the special is for. thing
0: <laughs> that's what patreon was literally designed for
1: you lucky mother truckers right well thank you guys for listening we appreciate we like I said before we see every week that you guys are tuning in and it really means a lot to us we mostly do this for ourselves, but we really do it for you guys, too. we It makes me excited to see that you guys tune in, so thank you.
0: you mm. Egomaniac? Uh,
1: no, I mean, I don't know. It's nice to think that there's somebody out there listening to our weird-ass voices talking about stupid shit and making corny-ass jokes. Yeah. I think we're hysterical, and apparently 11 other people on the planet agree. (laughs)
0: Right. Thank you. (laughs) Thank
1: you, 11 other people.
0: (laughs) Apparently the other 6 billion don't have Spotify or Instagram or Apple or whatever.
1: Shout out Alex at Supernatural Tendencies. He's one of our devoted fans. He listens every week. So thank you, Alex. I see it.
0: Thanks, brother.
1: Yeah. So shall Shall we we
0: raise a toast?
1: To To our our ghosts. ghosts.